surely the synopsis <laughs> for this one will just be go and watch him and moans for Adonis again. Yeah, really. Yeah. So, so basically, we could take that sentence from Andy, and that's the episode. Two D, the flat frontier. These are the voyages of the Pancake Enterprise. Its rotoscoped mission to repeat the same animation and music, to transcend the limitations of 70s animation, to go boldly where no cartoon has gone before. Toon Trek, based upon Star Trek, created by Gene Roddenberry. Starring Paul Spataro. Also starring Dave Pascarella. With Bill Robinson, and Andrew Leyland as Andy. Production assistants, J. David Wheater. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another exciting episode of Toon Trek. Joined this morning, as usual, by our captain of this brave voyage through the animated universe, Captain Spall, Paul Spataro. Spall Spataro. Spall Spataro. I'm, I'm, in the, I'm in the universe where we, where we reversed the, the first initials of our names. It's the mirror well, mirror on drugs. As, as well, that would be his. That would be your Vulcan name, Spall. Still, I will have Spall. That would that would make me Landru Erland, and therefore you must obey the will of Landru. <laughs> what would um, I be? Ruh. <clears throat> Rebill? Rebill? Be real. Real Bobinson. Be real Bobinson. <laughs> oh, God. Which is why I don't like so basic, this at this hour. You, you'd, be like, you'd be like the, the vampire in what we do in the shadows. But you know <laughs> what? The emotional vampire. I kind of like the name <laughs> Pave Descarella. <laughs> Pave Descarella. Pave Descarella sounds like a Star Wars character, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. And somehow he ended up in the cantina. Right. right He's exactly. a bartender. Sing us a song, Gascarello Man. Sorry. Play that same song again. <laughs> Play it again, Sam. A science officer, Sir Andrew Leyland. There's nothing on the scanner. I'm just mainly because I think I've spilled tea on it. It's also because this is all kind of a rerun of another episode, but we'll get there. <laughs> yes, but without the, the attractive woman in the outfit. Right, no attractive women, no great script. Mm, talk about it on the budget. And our medical officer, Doctor Bill Robinson. I'm a I'm a proctologist, not a doctor. Wait, never mind. And a special shout-out to our chief engineer, Dave, J. David Weider, who, without this, would not be possible. And I am your bumbling... the laws of physics. And I'm just your bumbling Commodore stumbling through another one of these episodes. <laughs> so basically, you're going to try and take over the ship, and we have to prove all the ways that you're wrong. Or I'm going to sit there indecisively in the chair once I get it, not knowing what to do. Because you're not a captain. <clears throat> Oh my god, I'm going back to Sweet Haven with the other Commodore. 
So do we have any Star Trek news this week? Not really. Oh, Jerry Ryan's going to be at the London Film and Comic Con, which is tempting. Oh, I think you should go. I should totally go, and I should show her the tweet that I did that she liked. Yes, you should. <laughs> you know, makes us friends. Look at this. Now you owe me forever. <laughs> then you, you cut to Andy's room, and there's all like clippings of her and everything on the wall with the, you know, like with the thumb, the, the what you call it, the pins and the strings going across it. There's yeah. a large video screen that just like fades in and out with different shots of his tweet on different people's phones. And... <laughs> what, what, when is it? Tom? When is it? Uh, uh, July, I think. Oh, good. So we should be done with this before, before they take you away. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. If she should by any chance hear this podcast, she's probably not going to show up for the uh, show now. I wouldn't blame her, to be honest with you. You just remember that a restraining order is just another way of saying I love you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that that's strictly true. <laughs> But I'm willing to go with it. <laughs> okay, so other than uh, Sir Andrew's I've, I've not seen anything at all this week. Um, Strange New Worlds is apparently the greatest thing that's ever been created ever. And I'm like, well, slow you guys. It was three episodes in. When it's given us a balance of terror or a yesterday's enterprise or a far beyond the stars, we'll talk. It's enjoyable and it's fun and it's amazing to me that it's took them four different series to realise that if you make something that looks like Star Trek and just tells episodic stories every week, people will enjoy it. But, you know, let's 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 cool our roll a little bit till we're declaring it the best thing ever. So you think they've shot themselves in the foot with the whole fact that Pike knows his future? Because I'm noticing a trend. It's like I'm watching going, let's just say something happens and he's like, that's not going to happen. Well, yeah, because you know that you live to die or to be hurt later. That doesn't mean everybody else is, but you're being a little, you know, I because I don't want to spoil this last. This latest, uh, 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 well, uh, okay. Something's happening to the Enterprise, and he's like, the ship will be fine. Well, duh, because you've seen the future. It yeah, but also, what else is going to be. We know Unless it's they, be fine. It's, you know, it's a prequel. Well, yeah, yeah, true. But but it almost gives, like, a, you know, plot armor. Well, I unless, unless they I subvert our... Well, I was yeah. going to explore that he thinks he's indestructible mm-hmm. because he knows what's going to happen to him and i think well i clearly don't die before that happens and i think they're kind of setting that up yeah my problem with it is the show can't have a satisfactory conclusion because we know what that conclusion is and it happens in the menagerie it doesn't doesn't have to end at that point it could end before that well me and bill had a private conversation the last time well then i wouldn't want to interrupt (laughs) <laughs> where I said no okay alright no well, me no, and Bill ahead. we talk without you <laughs> yeah we well, you two buggered off we didn't know you'd gone yeah we kept talking we're like oh they're gone oh we'll piss yeah, maybe, off on maybe, them maybe anyway. when I said goodbye you would have known I was leaving I don't know that's because we did he say talk. goodbye I, I, I don't listen to him 
And then we go back and let's go back. Play back the tape. Anyway, don't wait for the translation. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) answer the question. Answer the question. We we postulated this idea right that there is canonically, if you avoid all the external media and shit, right, we don't know for for definite that the first season of the original show was the first year of Kirk's five-year mission, right? Because Where No Man Has Gone Before clearly takes place a certain amount of time before that season. Uniforms are different, ship's different. Speculation is that it had to go to dry dock to be repaired after encountering the barrier around the edge of the universe and all that stuff. All that's fine. And obviously crew personnel take place. There are different changes, different doctor, all of that stuff happens, right? So I put forward the idea, why don't they, in this show, at the end of season four, Kirk takes command of the Enterprise and the fifth and final season of Strange New Worlds is Kirk's first year in command of the Enterprise. And the show ends with Where No Man Has Gone Before. So that fifth season, you could have Gary Mitchell in it as his first officer, Kirk as commander. You wouldn't have Pike in it anymore, which is the only reason I think they wouldn't do it. They wouldn't get rid of the cast and you'd lose number one and all that stuff. But I think that would be really interesting. I think you are 110% right. I think it's all poppycock. Which oh, yeah, means sure. they definitely won't do it now. Yes, it's, but a I, good I, I, it's a good idea. I think that's a great idea because then with the three seasons of the original show, and the two seasons of the animated, you've got pretty much Kirk's five year mission there. And I, I would love to see I would love to see the first season, the proper first season of Kirk in command. Because we know if they're gonna follow Canon as much as they ever do, Kirk doesn't meet Pike until the transference of command ceremony. So even though Kirk's in this series in season two, he can't meet Christopher Pike. Ah, but I bet you they'll just piss all over (laughs) Yeah, well, they've been doing that since, you know. Yeah. Since 1966. Is it Starfleet (laughs) Command or is it the United Space Probe Agency, whatever they called it? Sounds like a colonoscopy company. Yeah. What's Kirk's middle name? Yeah. R. Arr. Yeah. Arr. <laughs> <laughs> it's national speak like a pirate day. That's it. Where no man has gone before took place on speak like a pirate day. And Gary Mitchell did that as a joke. That's canon now. Wasn't it? I thought I remember reading something somewhere along the way that Mitchell did that as a dig at Kirk. He purposely. I mean, that's how they explained it away. Yeah. You know. yeah. Retrocon. James yeah, Rex- 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 uh, I believe her name's Joanna. But yet I Joanna. can't remember my own kids' birthdays. <laughs> but I can or, or remember how many of them you characters. have. I got three that I know of. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that have that have owned up to being your progeny. Yeah, them them other two, man, I'm dodging them. Oh, sorry. <clears throat> but anyway, I can no deny that I have extra children. Yeah, I think that's a, a smart move Bill. on my part. And it would be fun to get to see Ethan Peck play with Kirk and not with Pike. Not like that, you know. Take your minds out the gutter. 
Now we're getting in fan fiction stuff. And you'd have to. You, you, would you? Ah, but see, the question there is: Would you bring in a Mackay, or would you have whatever the Doctor was in? Where no man has gone before. I don't remember his name. Doctor Boyce. 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 See, Doctor Boyce. So who was the Doctor in the cage? Boyce two. Wait. Uh, <laughs> Electric. Wait, one of them's Piper and one of them's Boyce, I think. Yeah, yes. one of them's Doctor Piper and one of them's Doctor Boyce. I, I don't I remember which way round it is. Right. So would you have Dr. Piper? Or would you have Dr. Mackay? Would you bring Mackay in? And then just say that, for, well, for where no man has gone before in the comic, remember, they said he, he had to go off to Joanna's graduation, and that's why he wasn't there for that episode. Mm. I'd like to see Dr. Piper, because he traveled with his own bar. That's true. <laughs> I mean, geez, that's the doctor I want. Well, McCoy, had, McCoy had stuff. I know, but he didn't Romulan take it out of the road. <laughs> yeah, McCoy had the Romulan Ale. Right. Oh, Wonderful stuff, that Romulan Ale. Nah, don't be a prig. What's a prig? I think it's kind of what it sounds like. Yeah, okay. See, a new Star Trek, he could have just said, don't be a prick, and he'd, everyone would be fine. That's <laughs> right. Amongst other things. Amongst other things. That's the thing I've liked about Strange New Worlds as well. There's not been any unnecessary swearing to show how edgy we are now. Mm. Mm-hmm. And nobody whispers all their dialogue to make it sound really profound. Or cries. Yeah. Do you not think, thing here, do you not think Sonequa Martin Green watched Space 1999 as part of a research by mistake? <laughs> and she thought, well, that's how Barbara Bain does it. She just whispers everything to make it sound like it's important, so that's what I'm going to do. Oh. Ooh, sorry, I just discovered some pictures of uh, Nurse Chapel. But they're clean. Ah, uh, yes, yes. Yes. I don't see. I'm not ready for a world where Nurse Chapel's hot. <laughs> I can't cope with it. I just don't. <laughs> well, you can't cope with it. I can't cope with it. No. <laughs> so, what episode are we doing today? I wouldn't get any work done. We decided we're going to skip the episode today and just talk about anything else that comes. Well, up. is there a uh, yeah, is there an weird. episode on? Star Trek Monthly Monday, where they did Who Mourns for Adonais? Adonis? Uh, Adonais? That's the name. Adonais? It's Adonais. Yeah, Paul's right, it's Adonais. I thought it was Adonis. Yeah, well, you were wrong. No. It's Rock Me out Adonis. It's Who Mourns for Adonais. Rock Me Adonis. You know what? I have Andy backing me up, so go ahead. Aims me. Which pains me to say that, but he is absolutely correct. <laughs> Please, I'm not going to debate pronunciation with you. You put extra U's in things. Look, for look, God's look how the, look. Go to the go to the episode and look how it's spelled. Go to the episode. It is not look Adonis. Yeah, it is and not Adonis. Don't no sabotage anything while you're looking that up. I reject your spelling and substitute my own. <laughs> so there, you are rejecting canon and making your own. Why not? Everybody else does. Yeah. Exactly. Who gives a fuck about Cameron? I'm oh, sorry, you have to bleep that now. Right? In, 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 hey, we're allowed one bad word per show. In Bill's no, world, no, no. the episodes have different titles. 
What's this one called? The one we're going to do today? Uh, who mourns for Kukla? Who, who mourns for Kukla? It's called shit. <laughs> it's called Kukla, Fran, and Ali. <clears throat> I guess we should get into this then, correct? Yeah, yeah well, we won't be talking about it long, I wouldn't imagine. Okay. All right, so that's it for this week. <laughs> <laughs> well, kids, today's episode... Season 2, Episode 5, from the works of Shakespeare comes How Sharper Than a Serpent's Tooth. This piece of brilliance was written by Russell Bates and David Wise, directed by Bill Reed, and originally aired the day after my birthday in 1974. Our plot. On star date 6063.4, following an episode of Ancient Aliens, I'm sorry, following a signal from a mysterious probe, the Starship Enterprise is immobilized by an alien whose ship resembles a winged serpent. The alien claims to be... You know, he's only off by a couple of letters, because that was in my notes later on. You the winged serpent. Well, oh, that that was a movie with Michael Moriarty. Q. That was one of those. And it uh, was it was yeah. the Quetzalcoatl, which is kind of referred to here. So it's all it all forms a big circle. The fundamental interconnectedness of all things. Yes. <clears throat> the alien claims to be Kuklakan, god of the ancient Maya and Aztec peoples of Earth. With and it, and is also Kukla-Kan. apparently colorblind. Kukla Khan, he was the greatest dancer. <laughs> How 70s of you. I'm just reusing old jokes. He says that he's actually a very long-lived benevolent entity who wants the humans to worship him. I always love when I run into a bene- benevolent alien entity that's looking for me to worship him. It sounds vaguely familiar. Kneel before Kukla Khan. I don't think he understands that definition. Uh, uh, as the Mayans and Aztecs worshipped Kukla Khan upon resistance by the crew he proclaims them thankless as most of us will to our children Kukla Khan transports Captain Kirk Chief Medical Officer McCoy Scott and Ensign Walking Bear to his ship by using technology similar to a holodeck Kuklakan makes them believe they are standing in the middle of an ancient city. Kuklakan warns them that he will only appear before them once they have solved the riddle of the city. The city combines the architectures of many ancient earth cultures, all seen on ancient aliens. Egyptian, Aztec, Chinese, etc. Kirk concludes that Kuklakan had visited many of the peoples on earth. But each only took a portion of what he taught them. So none of them ever fulfilled the complete instructions to signal his return. By chance, Kirk scales a huge pyramid in the center of the city. There he concludes that the sun will activate Kuklakan's signaling device. It's the Kuklakan signal! He orders Bones and Scotty to turn huge serpent-headed statues toward the pyramid... In doing so, the now-focused sunlight ignites the signaling device. 
Kukla Khan responds, Behold, my design is complete. See me now with your own eyes. Kukla Khan, uh, go ahead, Doc. Uh, <laughs> Save me, Doc. Go ahead. To our engineer, Jay. J. David Weeder, I would at this point retroactively go back through the last paragraph and insert underneath it uh, the song by Starship, We Built This City. So that we built this city, we built this city with Kukla, can't build this. No, yeah, that's just what popped into my head for some reason. Maybe it's Kukla, funny, maybe it's not. It's always funny, though. Kukla Khan does appear and turns out to be an alien winged serpent. The city disappears, only to make the group realize that they were never really there. They now realize that the collection of animals they see before them in small glass cages was exactly how they experienced the city. The animals are unaware of being on Kukla Khan's ship, much as the group thought they were actually in an ancient city. Sounds a lot like Superman's zoo in the Fortress of Solitude, if you ask me. Kukla Khan demands that the humans worship him, just as the ancients on Earth did. Sound familiar, folks? He grows angry when Kirk explains that mankind has grown up and no longer needs to worship him, and if he happens to know Apollo. In the meantime, science officer Spock has figured out a way to release the Enterprise from Kukla Khan's beam and breaks free. This, too, angers Kukla Khan, who exclaims that he will smash the Enterprise. To buy Spock some time, Kirk and Bones decide to break loose a Capellian power cat from one of Kukla Khan's glass cages. The distraction works, the Scooby-Doo music kicks in, and the Enterprise is able to use its phases to disable Kukla Khan's ship. With the power cat threatening Kukla Khan, Kirk leaps at the animal and is able to sedate it with a hypo. Kirk again attempts to reason with Kukla Khan, conceding that while the alien did help humanity, when it needed it, they no longer need his guidance. The alien reluctantly agrees and departs. Kukla Khan, out! Drop the mic, flies away. Clean up that mess you left in the corner, Coco Khan, before you leave. I hate it when the aliens... What do we think of this? If you've not seen Humans for Adonais, it's perfectly serviceable. We were a bit dismissive of it in the intro. But if you've not seen that episode, and presumably the audience they were targeting for this may not have seen any of the live-action episodes, it's a perfectly acceptable show. It deals with all your usual Star Trek themes. I liked Running Burr. I wish we'd seen a bit more of him. He reminded me of Burklaw. Do you remember Burklaw? Yeah, from the comic. It reminded me of him. So he was a nice character, and he had information. All of a sudden, he's on the bridge, though. You know, Sulu or Chekhov, whoever was missing this week. I forget which one. Well, Chekhov's never in it, is he? Whichever one's no. <laughs> on holiday this week. So he's running. It would have been nice to see more of him. And, you know, take out the fact that it is a retread, pretty much scene by scene of a previous episode. If you've not seen that other episode, it's perfectly okay. It's not bad. It's actually one of the more interesting ones. Hmm. Even though it's a rehash. I mean, if you didn't know it was a rehash, it's a good episode. I fell asleep. <laughs> 
except for one of us. I watched it last night and I fell asleep and I was doing good. But I mean, full disclosure, I do have COVID again. So, but I got to about right where they let the power cat out. And I was just like, and then I woke up somewhere in the counterclock incident and I was like, what? I ain't going back and watching that. <laughs> I'll just read the synopsis. I'm like, I'm sure I can figure out what happened anyway. So, I hate to be to sound like I, I, I just didn't care, but I just didn't. But you just care. didn't care. <laughs> yeah. It's like I've already like like we said. I so I I know how this is going to turn out. I've seen this. It's not going to be any big. And I think I might have seen this way back in the day. So, is all right. But yeah, I mean, if if you look at it as not, if you hadn't seen the original series, this would be something new, but. If you have, it's a little, it's a retread. I guess, you know. The Kuklacon looks pretty cool. I was just going to comment on that. Shot, I can't pronounce it. That, that I guess they were trying to be, uh, you know, a little bit, I guess, you know, reaching out with, you know, stuff that, that you couldn't do in live action, the way they were presenting the character, you know, the big, colorful rainbow dragon. Um it is such an incredible retread that it was hard for me to get by that. Uh, but I, I do agree with you that if, you, if you're not familiar with that episode, it's, it's okay. And if you are familiar with that episode and you just kind of can't get enough, it's okay. Uh, but more or less, I kind of felt, you know, I, I, I did not fall asleep, but I easily could have. Um, it, it didn't really do much for me. The biggest thing I was sitting there saying... You know, who's, who's this new character? All of a sudden, there's a new character. And I, I kind of figured at the end, it was going to be, you know, something where, like, he was going to opt to stay with Kupla Khan or something like that, uh, which he did not do. Uh, but I thought, you know, that would have been even more to the, you know, to the kind of cliche that, of things that we usually get in, in episodes like this. Uh, all that said, you know, it was all right. And then he said to James yeah, Doohan. That's pretty much hey, it, isn't it? It's it's all right. Yeah. But then they said to James Doohan, hey, you think you could do another character? Can I? <laughs> Sign me up. <laughs> I, I didn't mind that in this one. This one didn't sound like the caricature that Paul takes the piss out of so well. It did sound like he was putting some effort into the being different voices. Yeah, but boy, really, it's that tight. You just still can't get somebody else to do it. Yeah, well, the budget was non-existent, wasn't it? They paid for Shatner and Nimoy. The rest of them paid peanuts. Mm. They couldn't afford poor Chekhov. And let's be honest, Walter Koenig wasn't expensive at this time in his career. <laughs> they should have just had him voice Eric's. Wait, why, why yes. is che- che- Chekhov's voice coming out of Eric's? What? Chekhov, what happened? He had, he had a, a species change operation. It, 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 was a, it was a transporter accident. You know, I have an extra arm, an extra leg, and I'm orange. <laughs> well, that's, that's not actually uh, his voice anyway. He puts on the Russian accent. That's not, you know, accurate. Uh, I know. So he, I was doing so, Chekhov. I was no, but my, doing my, point, my point was Walter Koenig could have come on and done his own voice, and everybody was said, oh, oh it is yeah, a new yeah. character. He could have been Bester from, uh, from Babylon 5. Yeah. Yeah, that would have been awesome. 
very sinister. Vasto is a bastard. I liked him. He could have done Kukla Khan. So look at that. We're already rewriting it so that we'll enjoy it. <laughs> Did you get a, a cat's paw vibe when the uh, Enterprise was imprisoned? Hmm. No, but now that you mention it, yeah, I I do see that now. It's like, oh, it's in a, it's inside a sphere. It's a Christmas ornament. Oh, how thoughtful. You know what should have happened when they shot them phasers off inside that? That stuff should have shot around inside all over that and blown holes in the ship. Bing, 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 bing. And then Ohura should have yelled out, "It's shielded." Oh man. Wow, Kirk was a dick to her in this episode. She was throwing some shade at him. I mean, as much as an animated character can throw some shade, she's just like, tell me to shut up. You turn around, look at her console. F you. <laughs> that, that's what she was saying in her head. Captain Kirk. I also noticed that the uh, yellow alert and red alert seem identical. I wonder how you know the difference. Especially if you're colorblind. Right. Well. What if they're out of Retinox 5? <laughs> I'm allergic to Retinox I'm allergic to Retinox. I was wondering how long it would take for one of you to give me that. Never here to let you down. Well, what? You mean because they have that... Uh, when they do yellow or red alert... It just lights up the same thing, or the sound is oh, the, exactly light, the same. The sound is the same, and it's a red flashing. Oh, only well, Bill is going to get this. Do we have to go to red alert, sir? It means changing the bulb. <laughs> <laughs> yes. What is that? The red and the blue alert, I think. Yeah. Do we have to go to red alert, Mister? Sir, it means changing the bulbs. <laughs> That's Red Dwarf. Well, it's it's a good line. I give you credit. Yeah. To you and your valiant crew. Two minutes worth. Mm. So what else we got here? Mm. Now, you know... In, in, oh, so the uh, animation, like, in the... Um, with all the creatures in the cages. It's weird. They just picked like one appendage on each creature to move. Like that one, that one little red one with the four arms, one arm was slightly miscolored and that's the only one that moved. And he kept like, like scratching his chin, like, man, how can I get out of here? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it's sad that I picked up. I, I noticed that because I was growing bored. Cause it was about that point that I f- started to fall asleep. I grew bored. But I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm like, What's in? What's going on in these guys' cages? What's their backstory? Why is that guy so intent? Like, ah, man, how am I going to get out of here? And at that point, I fell asleep. Hmm. Um, I liked some of the design work in it. I thought some of the design work and animation was quite good. I'm with you. I like how the city had all those. Uh Different aspects, the Toltecs, the Chinese. Yeah. What are you, going into Battlestar Galactica, Dave? Yes. There are some that say out there, (laughs) still now, 
And may yet be brothers of man fighting for survival. That sentence does kind of trail on a little bit. But it's like, okay, just finish the sentence, would you, Mr. McNee? Well, there is a short version of the same thing when they cut it down. Yeah. Oh, I forgot my thought. Yeah, well, what else is new? Oh, um, you think there was a – so bringing up the, the Aztecs and the ancient cultures, was, was there a play – I mean, I know they do this now that they try – or at one point they tried to in children's t- television to interject a little edumacation. So, I mean, was it somebody's thing, you know, hey, let's 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 bring up some other cultures that people may not be aware about. I mean, it, I, I'm fine with that. I think that's that's good. I mean, I'm not saying it's aliens, but it's aliens. But it's, but it's aliens, right? It's aliens, right? Yeah. I got to puff my hair up for that. Didn't Shatner um, do a, like a documentary that was in the movies based on chariots? Of the gods. Oh, who knows? I'm sure it, him and Leonard Nimoy. Nimoy, yeah. And he he was doing in search of and everything else. And I mean, William Shatner will pimp himself out for anything. So why I'm not a pimp? I don't even own a prostitute. Well, not yet that we know of. <laughs> Allegedly, I um, often use your term. I. Nobody gets it, but, you know, I'll say something or something said, and, and then I'll just go, allegedly. Allegedly. And I just cover yourself legally. But I just, but I do, I try to do it in your voice or in my head. I'm saying it. It's you saying it, not me. Allegedly. I'm in your head. It's the Andy defense. Allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. So now, just, just trying to find something on this worth talking about, and apparently... The character of Walking Bear was reused in this episode, having originally appeared in The Patient Parasites, which is a uh, Star Trek The New Voyages book. Oh, I have those books. Hmm. This is, uh, it looks like it's uh, the second book from 19... Hmm. But no, wait a minute, this is... uh, Short story collected in TOS Anthology in 1978, which... Well, that's because the stories were probably in different... Since it's a collected anthology, they were probably printed in other magazines. I'm wondering where that was published originally. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I think we've mentioned that before. There's There's some very weird stories in there. There's one... I think I mentioned it before to where they go through a machine that changes everybody's sexes. It, it makes uh, Uhura a man. Uh, it's a man, baby. <laughs> yeah, but and it changes Kirk into a woman, but it changes Spock comes out the same <laughs> because of something with his physiology, but he's like slightly different. It's been a, I haven't read that since like the 80s. That was one of the weirder stories. That one stuck with my head. I have no recollection of uh, Mr. Walking Bear in that book. Nor do I. But then I never, but but then I never read book. that book, so that would be yeah. easily explained. Andy, you have any input? Have you ever read any of those? Uh... I've read all the New Frontier books. I do not remember him being in them no, at all. Not the New Frontier, the New Void, or the... There was only two. 
Oh, I've not read them. Then. It was the, the, the new voyage. New voyage. Oh, you read the ones with uh, Calhoun? Yeah, I read the Captain Calhoun ones. Oh yeah, I have Hastex Calhoun. To read. New Frontier. Yeah, that's that's a different thing. There's, there's like a whole. Well, never mind. I don't want to spoil anything for anybody because I've seen some spoilers. I don't want to spoil the party, so I'll go. So, do we have anything else? So, are we going to rate this? Uh, you are. You uh, well, I, I think if based upon the last six episodes, there's been a couple of good ones. I liked the Orion one. I thought that was great. But I, I think we're getting a bit repetitive now, and maybe it's time for the show to finish. Well, that, that All works we've out not well, then, doesn't it? A, <laughs> it is. All we've not had is a retread of that old hoary chestnut of the crew de-aging to children. I mean, if that happens, the show is jump the shot. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Spoiler. Well, Andy's not going to join us next time. <laughs> well, they did do old people on the other show, so... Well, they, did, the they did the de-aging to kids in Next Generation, Dave, remember? And they pulled oh, yeah. it off. Yeah. They did a really good job with that episode. Young Guinan mm-hmm. was excellent. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were all good. Yeah, that, that lovely moment where Kid Picard runs his hand through his hair. <laughs> it, was, it was just full of really nice little character moments, that episode. And on the face of it, you think, oh, they've de-aged the cast to kids because they all want a week off. This is going to be awful. And it's got that brilliant scene in it where Riker still calls him Captain, but he's pretending to be the kid's dad. He's yeah. pretending to be Picard's dad. It's a really good episode. <laughs> From a time when the show didn't take itself that seriously. And then Riker, of course, looks so smug. Well, that was his default setting, wasn't well, it? Well, yeah, that, yeah, that's true. Engage smug. <laughs> <laughs> Engage smug mode, sir. <laughs> I have a beard. I can be smug. Well, Dave, would you like to rate it? I didn't hate this one. You know, I poked a lot of fun at it because it it is a retread. But one of my tests for these episodes is how many times I look at my watch. If I'm watching one and it's like constantly, oh, my God, how much longer is this going to last? This one I felt moved. uh, it, It was entertaining, even though it's a retread. I like the look to it with the city and the whacked out 70s uh, Kukla Khan spaceship. So I did, I, I enjoyed it and I felt it gave a lot of uh, ammunition to make fun of. So uh, I'm giving it a, a three. Three Kukla Khans for you and your <laughs> lovely crew. I'm, I'm going to go with you, honestly. Yeah, we, we were a bit dismissive of it and we've been a bit lacking in finding anything interesting to say about it but as just taken on its own merits as an episode of star trek it's not bad it's not embarrassing it's not where have all the children gone or what was that one called what the children how the children shall lead it's not that it's fine Uh, as well i've been dismissive of it and I wish to go on because you're dismissive. I wish, of it. I wish to go on being dismissive of it. <laughs> I've done far worse than hurt it. 
I, uh, I think if it was a premise that wasn't totally lifted from an episode, it would be average to slightly above average. But since it is so, so incredibly derivative, uh, I have to put it at slightly below average, and I'm going to give it a two. Well, I for one have I for one have a much stricter grading criteria than you than you lot. My grading criteria is: Can I stay awake through a 22 minute episode while having COVID? The answer is no. The answer is no. Therefore, I give this episode, as my esteemed colleague Paul Spataro, I give this two, um, two naps. <laughs> two two uh, <laughs> two kukla naps. I'm thinking two CPAPs. <laughs> two two CPAPs up. I have this little image of a Kuklakan jumping over a fence in Bill's head. Actually, I have like it grabbed my face like a face hugger, like a CPAP machine, <laughs> and it impregnates me, impregnates me with little Kuklakans, and they burst out of my chest. Hey, but that's a whole other movie. So well, enough of what we think. Oh wait, I'm stealing your line. Go ahead, go ahead, you do it. Oh, I gotta, uh, I gotta get a Paul voice. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, you're a funny guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Think you're funny? Steal my line? See now, if it was Andy trying to do my voice, he'd he'd try and go with, "I'm walking here." <laughs> you're walking here. <laughs> I defer back to you and give you your line. So that was what we thought. What did Blaine say? Incoming transmission. Hi, guys. Here we go with another of Gene Roddenberry's favorite stories, Meeting God. I think I liked this version better when Apollo and Scotty were infatuated with the same woman. The similarities are intentional here, as this was a tribute to Gene L. Kuhn, the then recently deceased writer and producer of Who Mourns for Ananias. In this case, the idea that a god was just an alien didn't start with Gene. Russell Bates, one of the writers, is a Kiowa Native American, and he was asked to write a script using that background. He was also tired of hearing people claim that the Mayans and Aztecs couldn't possibly have been advanced enough to build the pyramids on their own, so Egyptians or some other culture must have traveled the world and taught them how to do it. This episode was intended to put all of the pyramid-building cultures on equal footing by having the knowledge come from Kokolkan. Oh, if only he knew the conspiracies we deal with these days. I might have attempted to say that the Mayans and Aztecs figured out time travel and went to the past to teach other cultures instead of vice versa, but cracking the time travel problem in the 16th century would be implausible for any culture. It's also another piece of entertainment that is very negative towards zoos. While I understand that, I also know that our local zoo has saved at least one species from extinction. I'm not talking about keeping the last survivors alive, I'm talking about breeding them in large numbers and returning them to the wild in sufficient numbers to get them off the endangered list and make the population numbers viable again. It's hard to find an animal rights activist who would argue with that outcome. On the other hand, we had another local animal exhibit that was not legally allowed to call itself a zoo despite having tigers, wolverines, and more, which was eventually shut down for animal cruelty, not via anyone actually choosing to harm the animals, but because the enclosures were entirely inappropriate. Picture rectangular cages on flat ground that weren't big enough for the species inside. 
In short, zoos can be done right, but doing a zoo right requires a very substantial budget and a lot of real estate with climate control systems in place. It's a go big or go home situation. Overall, this episode is entertaining, but it's not a huge standout in the whole of Trek. Yeah. I would say that's pretty much kind of kind of what we said. What do you think? You anti-zoo? Hey, I'm not anti-zoo. Not if the zoo is competently run and doing its job properly, no. If it's yeah. misusing the animals, they can f*** right off. What if you could talk to the animals? Just imagine it. That would make you Dr. Doolittle. Or Robert Downey Jr. Well, he was also Dr. Doolittle. You mean it would make you Rex Harrison or Robert Downey Jr.? Either way. They're both Dr. Doolittle. I think I'd rather be Robert Downey Jr. At this point, you would. Yeah. So considering that Rex, yeah. Rex Harrison has died quite some time ago. Yeah, and all he ever does is talk his songs in his movies. No, I'm not quite impressed with him in musicals. He was no, he was no Terry Thomas. Exactly. Yeah, he was. If, if I could talk to the animals, sing. <laughs> <laughs> I say, old possum. <laughs> oh, we've just run out of stuff, haven't we? Oh, are you an elephant or are you just happy to see me? <laughs> <laughs> so, I guess that's it. What are we doing next time? Next time, an all-new episode of Toon Trek. It's the counterclock incident where the crew get turned... Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's it's worthwhile once again to mention what we're planning for the future because we're going to have a gap. And I don't want people to forget about us while we're gapping. Uh, we have one more episode of Toon Trek after this, which Andy just <coughs> had to clean the throw up out of his mouth about. And uh, then we're going to be done with Toon Trek, and then we're going to have a little hiatus while we prepare episodes for your listening pleasure. And our next project, if I didn't already mention it, is we're going to do the classic series, The Prisoner, uh, which I think has about. 20 or so episodes. Is that right, guys? Nope. 17. 17. Well, that's 20 or so. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So 17 episodes of that before we move on to something else. Uh, but like I said, we're going to have a hiatus while we record some episodes and get a, a head start so we don't have to skip any release dates once we start. Uh, but, you know, watch the uh, Two True Freaks Facebook page to see, you know, what the title of that, ep- that show will be and when it will start uh, being produced and published for you all. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy listening, because we enjoy recording, and it's a lot more fun if we think someone's actually listening. Keep watching the skies! Oh, sorry. You say keep watching the page. Keep your feet on the ground and your hands in the sky. Reach for the stars. Uh, Oh, that was kicking. (laughs) Okay, I was like, wait, what? Ponderous. Ponderous, man. It's ponderous. Zoink, Scoob! <laughs> all right. I think, I think we've worn out our welcome here. So we'll see you all next time. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Ooh, that was in Goodbye. harmony. Tune 
track is based upon Star Trek, created by Gene Roddenberry, and is a Two True Freaks presentation. It's hosted by Andrew Leyland, Paul Spataro, Dave Pascarella, Bill Robinson, and produced and guest-hosted on occasion by J. David Wheaton. All music and clips are copyright their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended. This is a review show, and as such, protected under fair use. Yeah, let's go with that. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Toontrack. We did a good job on that one. Goodbye. So it took us like five years. While Bill has got his his uh, COVID voice, we could have a barbershop quartet. <laughs> <laughs> good night, ladies. <laughs> <laughs>